Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Future Cast on the Player Profiler Radio Network. I am Cody Carpentier. You can find me on Twitter at CarpenterNFL. And with me, as always, my main man, Andy Milnick. You can find him on Twitter at FFDataKing. Andy, we're bringing a little bit of a different show here tonight. We're going to be doing the top five coaching hires of the 2022 offseason. How are you doing tonight? Doing great, man. It's 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 awesome to see some of the coaches that we've got lined up here that we're going to talk about today. Kind of give folks uh, a little taste of what they should expect to see or kind of our thoughts or feelings around were some coaches a good fit? Was it a smart hire? Was it a dumb hire? We'll give you all the, the takes that, that you need heading into the college football season. It's going to be interesting. I know researching this, uh, a lot of the situations that changed, a lot of the old faces in new places, um, and just kind of all around, uh, you know, the face of college football kind of, in a way, was flipped upside down. Um, so I'm excited to get jumped into it. Let's start it out right here with the top five college football coach hirings of the 2022 offseason. Andy, I'm going to give you the mic with number five. Yeah, the number five um, subtly goes to a team that I'm that I'm not a big fan of their fans, but... I think it's a good hire by the Florida Gators. I think Billy Napier coming out of Louisiana is a really good hire for them. Even though I'm against Dan Mullen being fired, uh, you know, after last year, I know he didn't meet the recruiting requirements that Florida fans had for him. But at the very least, man, Billy Napier is going to come in here and at least he improved uh, Louisiana from seven and seven to 12 and one. So, you know, we'll see. Again, this is coming off the heels of firing Dan Mullen, who went 34 and 15 with a two and one bowl game uh, record. So, or almost competed for the SEC East that one year, right with 111 and two. So, yeah, um, I see Billy Napier number five for me. A guy that was was I literally had him penciled in as one of my honorable mentions. I had two guys honorable mentions that didn't make the list. Uh, but with my number five, I'm going Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman. Uh, a guy you could argue deserves to be higher in this list just because of what he brings to this this uh, this team and this community. Um, being um, a guy that played at Ohio State and then coached at Notre Dame, and just being from the area, uh, he was a grad assistant at Ohio State. He was defensive coordinator at Cincinnati the last few seasons, defensive coordinator at Notre Dame last year, and then he came in and and, and got the head coaching job from Brian Kelly, who was eleven and one, but jumped ship for LSU. I think Marcus Freeman just brings the, you know, the moxie, the young energy to Notre Dame, something they've been missing uh, since the early days. You remember, you know, we all know Lou Holtz as being that old bag, that old wrinkly guy. But when Lou Holtz was there in his heyday, you know, he was young and, and that's when they were kicking ass. So maybe Notre Dame returns to normalcy. Uh, so I'm going number five, Marcus Freeman to Notre Dame. Yeah, and, and and that's a great pick for for number five for him because I've got him later on uh, further down on my list too. 
Uh, we'll, and we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, I love the internal hire by uh, Notre Dame here to pick Marcus Freeman. And did you feel like Notre Dame kind of had it planned, like succession plan for Brian Kelly kind of in place prior to him leaving? Because it, it just felt like it transitioned way too smoothly for an organization or a university that big. I mean, I, I think they had it. They saw it coming down the line. Um, When they brought him over in 2021, they had to be like, hey, if something, you know, maybe there's an inkling that if if an opportunity like LSU opened up for Brian Kelly, then maybe he would take it. And then having um, Freeman on the the staff in 2021, I think that would open the door. And they're like, this is the guy if he walks straightforward. But he was 35 years old when they, they brought him in as the D coordinator. So, you know, 36 getting this job so damn young um if if he really clicks and he hits and he starts bringing in these recruits like we've seen him so far i think it's going to be successful yeah no absolutely absolutely um moving on to my number four real quick here um these are two back-to-back kind of fan bases that for some reason got rid of a coach and hired someone that i think maybe similar or get them to the same ceiling or floor they've they've been at for the last couple of years. And that's Mario Cristobal going to Miami from Oregon. Um, to me, I think Manny Diaz was doing a, a, a decent job down there. I mean, maybe he wasn't commanding the NIL stuff as well as they would have hoped him to do. Um, but from a recruiting standpoint, I mean, we've seen Mario Cristobal have some more organic connection with the city, but so did Manny Diaz. Uh, my only worry here is that folks in Miami are going to confuse themselves and say, well, you know, he, it was a good enough offer that he left a big time program like Oregon to come here. That means we're going to be really good this year and they're going to fool themselves into, you know, a 10 win season in the back of their mind. So I'd say that, uh, still, I think there's a level of talent, a level of recruiting that Mario Cristobal brings, you know, being an ex offensive lineman and, and coaching the hell out of an offensive line, uh, at Oregon. I think number four for me, Mario Cristobal. Love that pick. You know it. Big fan of mm-hmm. Miami. I don't have Cristobal on my list. Is that a surprise to you? Probably. A little bit. But like you said, does Cristobal kind of bring that to Miami? I think so. You said offensive line. Big, big struggle for Miami over the last few seasons is is grooming an offensive line together. It's always been like one piece here, one piece here. And the quarterback. And they got Van Dyke. So I think – what he brings is something that is opposite of what Diaz pretty much had, which was defense and not offensive line, not quarterback. So I am excited for that. But with my number four, I'm going to go to TCU. Let's go over to Texas. I'm going to go to Sonny Dykes uh, going to TCU to fill in for Gary Patterson. Jerry Kill was there a little bit last year. Sonny Dykes in this offense, I think coming over from SMU, um, he was the offensive. He was an offensive analyst for TCU just a few years back. He's been all over Texas, Texas Tech, uh, Northeast Louisiana, everywhere. He played baseball at Texas Tech. He grew up in Texas. Um, just being a Texas guy, kind of that air raid offense he's going to bring over from SMU. They got Quentin Johnston at wide receiver, Max Dugan at quarterback. I think that's going to be very uh, beneficial to this offense with uh, Sonny Dykes at TCU. So number four, TCU, Sonny Dykes. It'll be great to see what they do now that they moved on from Gary Patterson. It'll be really interesting to see how how they're going to how they're going to. They did they did Gary wrong, but I mean, those last couple of seasons as a Horn Frogs fan, woof. Not not woof. the not the early 2010s TCU football team that we're used to. No, not at all. You know, I said earlier that I had Marcus Freeman up a little bit higher. I get him at number three here, um, for all the same reasons that you mentioned before, right? The hype, the energy, everything else. I'm I'm all on board with Marcus Freeman. I think that 
talent recruiting standpoint is going to keep pouring into Notre Dame um, just because of the allure and the effect that Notre Dame has. I don't see – I don't have any uh, – a lot more to add other than, you know, what you had already said before. So I'll throw it back over to you for your number three. Number three of the team we've talked about many times on here, and that is the Virginia Cavaliers signing Tony Ooh. Elliott. Tony Elliott comes over. He's got Brennan Armstrong. He's got a quarterback in place. I got this uh, Athlon Sports College Football book, and I'm in the great state of Virginia, so you know they had to put that Virginia and Virginia Tech player on here. We got Brennan Armstrong on the screen. I'm like, wow, they got Brennan Armstrong of all players on the uh, – it's in Virginia. Obviously, it makes sense. That's but awesome. Lavelle, Lavelle Davis – at wide receiver, six foot seven wide receiver. Um, they're gonna have a lot of talent. Dontavian Wicks, lots of talent in Virginia, six and six, filling in for Bronco Mendenhall, who's just consistently okay, right? You look at the last few seasons, they made the Orange Bowl in 2019. They went nine and five, eight and five, and then the last two years, five and five and six and six. And I think Virginia was just like, Hey man, we saw the peak. The peak was we got ranked 18th in the in the country. We lost an orange bowl game. And then it's been downhill since, and you had the best quarterback we've seen here in a while. So they go bring over Tony Elliott, and I mean, it's kind of like just feeling a new regime. It's scary, right? But he's coming over from Clemson where he had the quarterback play. He's seen the quarterback play from the years ago. This is the exciting thing about Brandon Armstrong is he gets Tony Elliott, who worked with the offense. He worked uh, as a coordinator with running backs, et cetera. He was wide receiver at Clemson. So he's been in those rooms with – the the Watsons with the Lawrences with the Taj Boyds the Kelly Bryant all these dudes that went through Clemson he's been there since 2011 and, and he played there 2000 2003 so Tony Elliott another young coach 42 years old comes over to Virginia from Clemson just up the street a couple hours uh, and I think he's going to really elevate this Virginia offense and team overall and I think you're looking at a, a, at least a nine win team in Virginia in 2022 which is amazing for a first year coach let's go Wahoos. I'm down. I'm down. I, I I can't wait to see how how he helps Brandon Armstrong elevate his game to being one of those early round quarterbacks that we think potentially he could be if he rounds into form here. I know you're I know you're a big Brandon Armstrong fan and four thousand yards last year. Is there a ceiling of can he put himself like can he elevate himself to the tier of you know, I know Burrow transferred, and we see these like these Kenny Pickett, the 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 last year in college, they elevate their game to another level, and they kind of put themselves in the conversation of being a first round, early first round. You like Brandon Armstrong? Do you think Brandon Armstrong has that potential upside, especially given bringing over a new coach uh, like Tony Elliott? My gut feeling is no. My gut feeling is like like I like him a lot. I think he'll be a good quarterback this year. I don't know if they can break through through a ceiling of like nine wins, right? To yeah. me, this feels like best case scenario, you end up being 2014 Mississippi State, right? Where you're just, you're right in front, you're rolling over teams, you're crushing people, right? That's when Dak Prescott was electric, right? Mississippi State ranked number one in the first college football playoff rankings. I think that's kind of your your ceiling, not necessarily number one per se, but like you're rolling over teams and you give Clemson a really good scare, right? You beat the shit out of Wake Forest. You beat the shit out of, uh, you know, Miami. You know, all these up-and-coming teams, you show them that you are the quarterback to be. Then, then I'll change my tune. But for now, I think um, probably around the same as you got last year from, from him, right? I mean – 
that's probably what I would what I would suggest is to temper expectations. Okay, I like it. I like it. Give me your number two. Oh, number two for me is this is gonna come off the beaten path a little bit, but um, number two for me is gonna go to Joey McGuire out of Texas Tech. Um, so the reason why I have him up so high here is, is that this just has a Texas Tech feel. Um, this kind of, you know, it's kind of in the middle of Lubbock's kind of in the middle of West Texas, in the middle of nowhere. This is a guy who spent his entire life coaching at the high school level for the most part, right? 141 and 42 over 13 seasons, I believe is what it is. Record is that I as a high school coach. So just knows the recruiting cycles, knows the right places to talk to. I think he's Texas through and through. Um, perfect type of guy, not flashy, nothing sexy about Joey McGuire, but I think he's going to get the job done for the Raiders. Uh, and then bringing over Zach Kelly from um, Western Kentucky, we saw what he did with Bailey Zappi and Jarrett Stern. So pretty excited to see what the uh, quarterbacks do at Texas Tech this year. So Joey McGuire, number two. That one caught me off guard, but – I like it, and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if – do you think he can elevate Texas Tech into the conversation of being a, a Big 12 powerhouse? I, I think I think he'll elevate him enough to compete with um, – Like the Baylors of the world? Yeah, yeah. Like they'll – It probably I, brings him to the Baylors of the world, but not the Texas Oklahomas. I would say like like peak – like the their ceiling is probably peak Gary Patterson here's TCU, okay. right, where it's like – a nine-win season, seven-win season, eight-win season, seven-win season. I mean, I don't think they're ever going to sustain maybe eight to ten wins permanently, but yeah, seven, eight, nine, maybe occasional ten-win season out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I, I could see that happening, especially if they can recruit well in Texas. What's your number two? My number two is a former Texas Tech quarterback, graduate assistant, wide receiver, Former Big 12 champion, head coach, new USC Trojan, Lincoln Riley. And I have this one so close to number one. So close to being number one that it's not even funny. Lincoln Riley doesn't really need a lot of explanation being done to him. He flipped Caleb Williams. He's flipped Jordan Addison. All these guys to USC. He's brought all this talent into USC. And I think why he deserves to be in this number two and honestly, maybe number one chair is his pull. He can pull all these talents there. And he literally, we haven't seen a, we haven't seen a game yet from this new USC squad. And they already feel like they're national champion contenders. And that is what great coaches do. They flip organizations. We saw this. We saw this with Nick Saban. Nick Saban was at LSU. He kills it. Awesome. He won a national championship, goes to Bama and just fucking kills it oh yeah now you see lincoln riley he gets the opportunity the you know from stoops at oklahoma awesome job bounces he goes to the pretty school usc is he gonna follow in the real footsteps and 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 he's not even 40 yet is he gonna be there for 20 years and, and build the next dynasty is is usc back it's what i want to see from lincoln riley and i have him at number two because i have an awesome guy at number one that i'm excited for but I want to know your number one first. My number one, it's not going to shock anybody if you you listen to last week's episode or you watch last week's episode. It's going to be Brett Venables coming over from Clemson. DC coming over, head coach at Oklahoma. I think 
with all the drama of Oklahoma fans trashing Lincoln Riley or going after Lincoln Riley and all the Twitter garbage out there, I think it's kind of clouded the situation and made everyone forget that, like, Brent Venables had other head coaching offers before this year. It wasn't just randomly Oklahoma sprung up out of nowhere and said, hey, we want to hire you, and he'd never been asked to be a head coach anywhere else before. So I think picking, choosing, learning from Debo Sweeney, the recruiting process, how that works. Um, I also think that, like, situational-wise, right, like Tony Elliott is leaving Clemson or left Clemson. You know, DJ Ungulele is a questionable at best. I think for him, he's just like, okay, this now time is better than any to just jump ship, try something new. I think it's going to be an interesting um, – an interesting time there with Dylan Gabriel in, in Norman, Oklahoma. So Brent Venables, number one, um, top head coaching hire of the off season. It, it did. It did very much surprise me to see him go. Um, I had him as my other honorable mention as, as well with, with mm-hmm. Billy and Napier. Um, so I'm very excited to see that, but my number one, if you go over to Caesar Sportsbook right now, use the promo code underworld 15 underworld, 15 pack 12, 2022 conference title game winner. She's got to make it to the conference championship from the Pac-12 North. Those teams are Oregon, Washington State, Oregon State, Washington, Cal, and Stanford. Plus 1,800. I'm going Washington Huskies, Kalen DeBoer, the new head coach of the Washington Huskies, the Sioux Falls native, the South Dakota born and raised, Sioux Falls killer, Kalen DeBoer. This man was at, listen, back to back to back to back NAIA championships when he was at Sioux Falls, killing it. He goes to Fresno State in two seasons, flips flips the team, 9-3 and in 2021. Now he's going to Washington. This team was straight dog water. In 2021, 4-8, they bring in Michael Penix. They got Jalen Polk. They got a bunch of sophomores, Jalen McClellan at receiver. They bring back Jackson Kirkland, their stud left tackle, who was going to be in the 2022 NFL draft. Kalen DeBoer and the Washington Huskies with the fifth best odds to win the Pac-12 Conference Championship game. My number one coaching hire of the 2022 offseason. Let's go. Is that is Am I wrong, Andy? Yeah, dude, I don't think you're wrong. I think it's, I think he's he's a great coaching hire. I had him as one of my honorable mentions. In fact, I honestly thought you were going to go to your Homer roots again and pick some pick uh, uh, the guy down the street from you who got this, hired. This boy, this boy don't lose. He's been coaching since 2005. Okay, so 2005, 2009, two falls, 2020, 2021 at Fresno. You know, he's OC at Indiana, where Penix was at. He brought Penix with him. Yep. OC at Fresno, Eastern Michigan, all these places. As a head coach, he's 79 and 9. I dude, I think he's gonna be a good he, hire. He's he good don't hire. lose. He no. don't lose. 